Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Hey, Gabby, one more thing. I just want you to know that I am falling in love and it feels so good. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And usually... On Fridays, we're doing a This Week in Bachelor Nation, but because we had two installments of our beloved game this week, this Friday is going to be the recap of the second episode that aired on Tuesday, which was, of course, the last round of playoffs, Fantasy Suites. And we're doing something a little different because we've never done a recap with the advantage of having a, a day or two in between to hear podcasts mm-hmm. and see the response of it on social media. See their games. So we're going to fold in here before we begin the recap, which is going to be a doozy because this was obviously a historic fantasy suites round. <laughs> it's kind of a mirror image yeah. of season 24, but there's some new things added. The level mm-hmm. of producer interaction in this is off the charts. And I think more people now realize that than maybe they did in season 24. I think the the general level of awareness of the fourth audience about how these things are made and what level the producers are actually gumming up the works for these players, I think that that is raised now to a new level. The nation is in a tizzy. They're in a tizzy right now. Speaking of that tizzy, what are the reactions online in terms of numbers. So we are going to sprinkle in a little bit of a This Week in Bachelor Nation here. I just briefly want to talk about the gains of these players, what we've seen in the past couple of days since the airing of this. We've got Clayton Eckerd now has breached the 200,000 Instagram follower mark. He's at 209,000. He gained 15K just in the span of these past couple of days, despite the fact that a lot of people are not very happy with him within the nation. And then let's look at our top three, all the players who were in this past uh, week's games. Rachel Recchia is now sitting at 105,000. She has broken the 100,000 threshold. She gained 20.8K in these past few days. Gabby Windy is at 118,000. She also broke the threshold. She gained 30.3,000 in these past few days. And Susie Evans sitting on top. We all know what she did in this past week's game. We're going to be breaking that down. She's got 165K on Instagram, and she gained a whopping 62,000 in this most recent round. Just for reference, around this time, Matt James was at about somewhere between 860K and 923K. So Clayton has about 600K less than Matt James who had way less than Popeye before him. And the the top players, the top three of that season, mm-hmm. Rachel Kirkconnell, Michelle Young, and Bree Springs were all over 200,000. Kirkconnell was at 600K. Michelle Young was at 360. Bree Springs was at 262. And they were putting in weekly gains during this week that uh, Kirkconnell had 118K gain, Michelle Young 164K gain. Mm-hmm. Bree Springs, unfortunately, 44K. But... You can see the difference. We are starting to see the gains pick up here a little bit. 
That's interesting, but still none of these players are achieving even what we saw in season 25, which was uh, a season marred by controversy and all of its own problems as well and declining ratings. Speaking of ratings, how did these two episodes do this week? We had, or at least I had theorized that Monday was going to be a disaster because the Women Tell Alls are usually the lowest rated episodes every season and that Tuesday was also going to suffer because people don't watch on Tuesdays. This turned out to be completely inaccurate. Not so much a clues Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostraclumus did not come out to play this week. To my <laughs> incredible surprise, Monday's Women Tell All is the highest rated episode of the entire season at a 0.86. It narrowly edged out night one, which was a 0.84. So, I mean, I don't even know how to explain that. Deservedly so. It was a it was a great Women Tell All. I don't understand why this Fantasy Suites didn't have a bigger rating, though, because this episode was absolutely off the wall. Fantasy Suites came in at a 0.76, which is sixth place out of the 10 episodes that have aired. So it's not even middle of the pack. It's a little worse or a little better. Sorry. It's it's up one point or 0.01 points from the next closest rated episode, which was the... Uh, second episode. So I don't know. This fantasy suites is like massively disappointing, but the women tell all paid off for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it other than we are in like a, a bizarre, everything's upside down world with the bachelor right now. We did finally have the top three players. Well, Susie had already broken into the hundred K club, but now Gabby, Wendy and Rachel Recchia are in the hundred K club. Genevieve Parisi actually is knocking at the door at 91K, probably for her performance in Women Tell All. She was, you know, in every in every scene, it seemed like. But, you know, what what's the number? She's at number four. Number five is a distant five. Teddy Wright at 58.1K. I don't think any of these other players have a chance to cross 100K without some paradise work. And also just to note on mm -hmm. Tuesday night, our beloved game, The Bachelor, the Fantasy Suites, did win the night, beating out FBI on CBS, The Resident on Fox, <laughs> and American Auto on NBC, which had a point three, whatever that is. <laughs> a show. Yes, it is some type of a show. <laughs> but now that we have all of that out of the way, we, we're kind of getting a view of, of what has happened. And like, like we said up top, we have this kind of strange experience, which we've never done before, where we have a couple of days in between the airing of our beloved game and our recap of it. So what people are saying on these podcasts and what we've seen online and stuff will kind of feature into how we do this recap mm -hmm. a little bit. But we're a little more informed than we would be right after the right the case, which I think it will be good. Yeah, we've had a couple of, uh, or not a couple of days, I guess we've had about 24 hours to sit with our thoughts and everyone else's as we go through this. And Yeah, I watched it yesterday, by the way. Right, so <laughs> exactly. <not> <laughs> but it was a fascinating game and we are proud now to present to you our breakdown of it. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game, This is Game of Roses. So this is it, the 10th episode of our beloved game this season, the playoffs round two, the final round of playoffs. And there is a reason Fantasy Suites is the final round of playoffs. It's because at this point, you've got three of the greatest players of that season. And at this point in the professional era, you've got three of the greatest players who have ever fucking lived 
going head to head mm-hmm. to head. You have to bring your game now. There ain't no floating through this. There ain't no family you can depend on to, you know, Gabby Wendy's grandpa coming in with the funny jokes and calling her a lovable dingbat. Mm-hmm. That's all gone. This is all you. Grandpa can't help you with your chemistry play. Sorry. Not yet. Maybe that'll be in a future season. But you also now in this era of our beloved game have to still have some second audience skill. In prior eras of our beloved game, once you got to Fantasy Suites, you never had to see the other players. They would do you the kindness of sequestering you. So all you have to worry about is your first audience game and your third audience and always your fourth audience, obviously. But you don't have to see the other players. And you have no idea what order you're in. That is key. That is a huge key factor of this. And so we're going to see in our recap, that is not the case. But let's begin with the intro. Tonight on The Bachelor, says DLP, we see Rekia in a chopper, hot tubs with Susie. We see a dune buggy on the beach with Gabby, waterfalls. Everybody's saying it feels like we're dreaming. The walls are coming down. Ultimate Vikings falling in love and it feels so good. Susie is in a mine, it seems like, or a pit, if you will. Ultimate Viking is falling for all three women simultaneously. Susie's having doubts. Rachel is too. Uh, There's a bunch of people sitting in hallways. It looks like they're crying. Ultimate Viking doesn't want to hurt anyone, but he has to. He doesn't believe in anything anymore. He says, it's over. He's done. That's how we end the promo. And at this point, the producers are... Book my flight home. They are always trying to build to that moment, to the moment when the lead has had enough. And they don't believe in the process anymore. That really is what they're trying to build to in fantasy suites every season now, where the lead is completely shattered, doesn't think this will work. Their number one choice has told them to fuck off or they've left in some (laughs) bombastic way. And that's what we're building to here as well. As we begin portion one. We're in Los Angeles. We're getting drone shots of the city. Ultimate Viking is walking through LAX and he heads to the Iceland Air Terminal. All of our fantasy suites are going to be held in Iceland this year. Can we just talk about this terminal? This has not been my experience at LAX. He appears to be going through a completely empty airport and then getting on a plane by himself. We don't see any other people. <laughs> That's how you go to Iceland. Iceland is a one-person plane. He's piloting it as well. Oh. He didn't show us that. You have to fly yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> but he is greeted by someone at this gate for Iceland Air representative. And she says, welcome to Iceland Air. Have a good trip. And this greeter at Iceland Air was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. She has the dubious honor of kicking off the final round of playoffs. Anyone who is given that, in my opinion, holds massive weight. But also, there is this strange, sinister vibe of the way she's doing it. She doesn't know what's going to happen to this guy. She's just there doing her job. She doesn't know what awaits him once he touches down in Iceland. But she essentially, unknowingly here, is going to kick off what is one of the biggest bombshells that will happen in this entire season, maybe in the history of Bachelor. So he gets on the plane while he's ITMing how excited he is for, in quotes, overnight's week. And then we see the Indiana Jones style map with the little line as he's flying to Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland. And we get some shots then of the Iceland landscapes. We see a puffin 
chilling out on the rocks. This puffin was almost my creature of the week. Me too. We see some volcanoes, explosive. It feels like, at this point, the bachelor of yore to me. It is the tone and the Mm -hmm. feel of an old school playoff round where we're leaving the country and look at all the natural beauty of whatever landscape they're in. It feels good at this point to me. I'm like, we're back on track. I I like this. Uh I wish everyone well. I hope everything's going to turn out for the best. That's what I'm thinking in this moment. (laughs) You're not in this moment. You're like, look at the beauty of Iceland, not... I think we're going to have another gaslighting fight on the forums. <laughs> That's not what I'm thinking at that point. Not quite no. yet. Clayton is narrating that he has been protecting himself with his walls and he wants clarity in these overnights. And he sums up their love levels. They all love level three. I think I might be love level three with all four. I might also be love level four with Susie. So we know immediately she's in the lead. So he's already making a distinction. He's wearing a pea coat and a half turtleneck situation, and he's done holding back, and we see a bunch of birds. And then we're like, are we continuing this tradition that started in Popeye, Peter Weber's season 24 of all three women being in the same fantasy suite hotel? Yes, we are. Did you see how they cut to it? (laughs) They have him ITMing. No. I'm so excited to see these women. He's like super optimistic and it's ending on this big note. The music crescendos like love is in the air. And then they cut to that hotel room and it's all three of them sitting an inch from each other. Just like sad, sour looking faces. None of them (laughs) want to be there. There is none of the excitement that the ultimate Viking was experiencing as he's traipsing around the Icelandic grounds. Oh, God. Yeah. Gabby says, naturally, I'm having a panic attack. And Susie says, welcome to the panic attack room. Susie's not used to having to share a room at all after being in her chamber all season. Gone is the safety and isolation of the Evans chamber. She is now forced to face (laughs) off directly with her competition in what she called the panic attack room. And it is that. like The the fact that she is that aware of it, that it's like, no, this is what the producers do. That's why you're all in the same room. That used to not be the case. But after season 24, and I think a lot of the producers who work on the show currently might have also worked on 24, we see recycled dates from 24 again and again and again in these modern seasons. And now we're seeing the structure of a fantasy suite being recycled here, where all three players are made to sit inches from each other in this uncomfortably strange small room and essentially have panic attacks thinking about who's going to go first. What is the order? What's going to happen on these dates? Mm -hmm. And they're forced to have these girl chat conversations in which they're vaguely referencing sex. And Gabby says, I haven't dated someone in so long, but not had time alone, essentially, basically saying I've never dated and then not had time off camera. I don't want anything off limits between us. And Susie says, it's strange. And we're starting to get this edit as they focus on Susie that she's not thriving in the panic attack room. That was a great play, by the way, by Gabby <laughs> to to say, I'm going to f- have sex with this man, basically to the other players. She's letting them know mm-hmm. that is her strategy. It does a couple of things. One, it's a good second audience play. I'm being honest with you guys, and I want you know, to know going into this, like this is what I plan to do. Two, it raises the pressure immediately for the other players because now it's like, shit, if she goes first, I know what's going to happen. 
or even if she goes last, whatever. As the other players, mm-hmm. you now know what's on the table, that one of us is willing to go there. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a poker round. They're all going yeah. around in a circle. They're like, okay, check, check. And she's like, I'm going to bet. You know, you all are welcome to do whatever you want, but I'm uh, putting my cards on the table. Well, I guess you don't do that in that part of poker. No. Mixed metaphors. This is like this is like when you're raising. I see your panic attack room and I raise you my chemistry play. <laughs> <laughs> I respectfully raise. She also says, I'm excited to really get to explore each other. Last week, I love level three. And Clayton is telling her through body language that she is loved. And then we get this scene, which I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure we've never seen this before. The host enters the panic attack room. Dark Lord Palmer comes in here. He says, congrats on making it to Iceland. He's like, you all are made it to the second round of playoffs. And there's a big chance here. One of you could leave engaged to Clayton. And you're going to have a meaningful and intimate overnight with Clayton. And the way the, <laughs> the way that people say the word intimate in this episode is just like, it's so cringy. And he says, yes, I'm talking about fantasy suites. <laughs> to be clear. And if you both accept the, the Harry Potter key, you will get private, uninterrupted time. And they keep zooming in on Susie's blank expression. And then he leaves behind the first date card. And no one wants to touch it. It is fucking poison. Because now, just in the very beginning, before any fantasy suites happen, they have laid out the idea of what is the order. Who gets the first fantasy suite is now a question that, like you're saying, Lizzie, has not really been in place. I can't remember either because we know that they edit them out of order a lot of times. So the the Mm -hmm. show doesn't want to lock itself into an order either. But here in this round... It's different because the producers know exactly what they're doing. And we'll get obviously to what happens, but they know what the order has to be. So they're going to use as much dramatic tension as they can at every turn here. And this fantasy suite date card is the first piece of that. I mean, I know they did this for Matt James' season, but they didn't really focus on it as much, I think, because, you know, they were trying to be extremely sensitive with that season Mm -hmm. and walking on eggshells. But I had flashbacks of Popeye season this whole episode. And here, and this part, I don't think that they had in that season either. I think they have upped the ante. They make Gabby read the fantasy suite date card Mm -hmm. for Rachel. Yeah. Let's see how deep our love can go. And it's got this little implied sexual nature to it. It's like, you have to read the fantasy suite date card for someone else. That gives a hint of how their day portion might go leading into them fucking. And then Gabby has to sit down and be like, uh, I'm happy for you. So fake. They yeah. forced them into this weird thing. Like, I don't know how long they were there after she read the date card, but I would guess 30 minutes to an hour trying to get some reaction out of them. Susie's just like silent, looks completely pissed off. And then Rachel goes to get ready for this date. But this is the tone of the show. And it's it's just all producer manipulation. It is these three poor fucking players forced into this room, forced to endure this fantasy suite card being delivered by DLP, who dutifully comes in there. And DLP is like, his tone is interesting. Chris Harrison would have had a little bit of a smile mm-hmm. curled around his lips. DLP will get there. 
But here he's very like serious and like, now this means a lot and good luck to you. He's treating it like it's a, you know, this is a weighty kind of moment. But Gabby and Susie are then left to do another forced girl chat about the intensity of the situation. Susie admits that anyone else being intimate with Ultimate Viking would be a tough pill to swallow for her. She future casts in an ITM. She says she hopes that uh, he takes physical intimacy as seriously as she does. And if she finds out that he's falling in love with other women or that he's been intimate with them, it would be devastating. Now, this is a page right out of Madison Pruitt's rule book. No ultimatum here, but she's playing as though there was one. It's kind of an evolution, I feel mm-hmm. like, of the Prue ruse. But Prue did it much better, in my opinion. And, and we'll get to it once it actually all plays mm. out. But what Prue did was immediately after she wins the hometown rose, the sorry, the rose from the hometown round, she says, excuse me, can I talk to you, Popeye? They're literally still in the airplane hangar. Still there. She's still wearing the dress, holding the fucking rose that, that moves her through to fantasy suites, the second round of playoffs. She takes him outside and says, look, you know, sex is very important to me. And I basically don't want you to have sex with the other players. She doesn't say it exactly. She says like, look, I'm not trying to ultimatum you. And he's like, wait, are you giving me an ultimatum? And she's like, no. <laughs> but this is what it means to me. And so she can't ultimately ever be accused of what Susie will now be accused of, like waiting until after the fact to say it. And then that comes later, obviously. But this play, what she's setting up in this ITM or in this girl chat is essentially going to serve the same function as a Prue. And I mean, the whole thing is laid out just like that season two. It really is like a mirror image, but it's like notched up a little bit. It's more toxic mm-hmm. than it was that season. It has it has a heavier imprint of the producer's hands all over it. It's just like, a, it's just dripping in kind of like this modern era where it's clear that the producers just want to wreck people and they don't give a fuck about anything else. Speaking of wrecking, Rachel Reckia has the first fantasy suite in Reykjavik. Wreck, wreck, wreck. Got it. You see that? Yes. And portion two begins with some geese on a pond. And then we see a shot of people in a street. And we see a shot of a dog in the street. You didn't see it? You're, no, I didn't see the dog. I said we see geese. Oh, shit. I thought for sure that dog would be your uh, your creature of the week. Somebody Wait. has a little dog on a leash and the dog's looking right in the camera. <laughs> we see a dog on the your face i'm so sorry i feel like i i messed up clayton is now wearing 10 jackets and he slowly walks across an icelandic wasteland and rekia is loading that she's uneasy because she got last flower last rose ceremony she is not bummed out enough to stop what she does next though She pulls up in a car, meets the ultimate Viking out in this wasteland, and we get something that I'm not positive, but I don't think I've ever seen this before. This is a fake hooju. It was a hooju that never happened. That's correct. I've analyzed this footage about 275 times, maybe a few more, and it is two separate hoojus cut together to look like one. Absolutely. So, 100%. I'm 100% positive. There's nothing you could say or do to convince me otherwise. Or it's just bad editing. It could be bad editing, I guess, but... How do you know there's multiple takes? Because I'll tell you exactly why. I don't know what happened on the first attempt. 
But it seems like from this edit that producers made her do it again and they cut the approach from the first one together with the mount cling and dismount from the second one. Because when she goes from the approach into the mount, there's either missing footage and it's just bad editing, but I don't know why it would have been that. It's clearly like a a break in the action that should not be there. It could have just been lazy editing. I don't know, but I don't know why that would have been the case because you only need a couple more frames to make it look more fluid. My estimation is those frames made it look even worse, that this was the best they could do at putting two hoojus together. Um, go back and rewatch it. You'll see it. It doesn't look natural. It doesn't look right. And because of that, I can't really rate it. I don't feel like it's a true hooju. It's, um, it is a coat hooju. She's wearing a big coat. We've seen that before. Rachel Lindsay pulled off yeah. a fantastic coat hooju on Nick Vial in their fantasy suite round. This one isn't up to that level. There's no ankle lock anyway, regardless of where they got the footage from. Decent kiss bombardment, sloppy single leg dismount. If it was real, I'd give it somewhere around a 7.23, but it wasn't. If it was real. It wasn't. It was manufactured. Fake. I mean, I thought it was a real hooju. I, maybe my bar is low because it was the only one we saw this episode. So mm-hmm. I was excited. Um, you definitely, it's hard to get an ankle lock if you're doing a winter hooju because there's just so much more you have to get around. I mean, Clayton's wearing a lot of jacket. Then you got to alter your hooju game. Sorry. That's on you. Hooju's a hooju. You got to wear leg extenders. You got to extend those legs. Exactly. Stretch your bones. <laughs> That's right. Do some yoga in the morning so you can get that shit around him. We're going to see later. Susie Evans just butchers a fucking hooju opportunity. And that is all on her. I, I don't even. That was a dark moment. I agree. <laughs> Not a good night for the subsport. Clayton says they have the strongest physical connection in his ITM, that, that her chemistry play is the strongest. You couldn't separate us if you tried, except for those ankles, very separated. He says, time to let my walls down. And they go to this glacier. Then they go in this volcano and descend into this volcano while Clayton does a bunch of digging deeper metaphors. They also had a helicopter ride before this. That's worth mentioning. The get to the chopper is a, a huge part of fantasy suites. That's usually a thing that is reserved for a front runner. Not that they aren't all at this point, but the get to the chopper in a fantasy suite. It's an expensive date. Yeah. You know who got it on season 24? Maddie Prue? Madison Pruitt. Mm. Clayton loads love level three for Rekia. I think I'm falling for her. And then they sit in this dark cave and they talk about hometowns and Clayton says they were tough. I felt like I was going into a firing squad. And Rachel brings up the glow. She says, I wanted them to see me and know how I felt. Everyone who saw me said, we never saw you like this. I got more glows than anyone. I thought as they were in this, all I could think was like, they're sitting in the bottom of the pit. It looked like they were in the pit to me. Exactly. (laughs) All of those descending things and they're like, yeah. it's so scary. We're going into the belly of the cave. And I half expected when they showed that wide shot of them hitting the bottom that somehow you and me would be in there. <laughs> just waiting for them. <laughs> Welcome. We've been here for a long time. That you're just abducted in your sleep one night and you hadn't remembered. <laughs> or we astral projected there. However, however we got there, we could have gotten there, I think. Oh, oh, right. Of course. And at the end of this, the producer's make Reki a lie in an ITM saying that she needs him to open up or their relationship might be in trouble. This is the producers trying to make the date seem like it has any stakes, even though it actually really doesn't. At this point, he's already told them that he's either going to be picking Susie or Rachel Reckia. And so they're telling her in these ITMs like, 
you got to make it seem like something has to happen here or you're going to walk. And so she says that he's got to open up to her or things won't go well. Then portion three begins. We're back at the hotel and Gabby and Susie are in another forest girl chat. Susie just keeps offering up these like nothing sentences. Strange times. (laughs) These are strange times, Susie. You are right. And Gabby says, of course, regarding Clayton and Rachel, they're going to fantasy suites. I think all of us are, aka, like, we're all going to try that. And she says, I want the person I'm with to explore other relationships and choose me, which is exactly the type of attitude that we talk about having when we discuss fantasy suites on this show all the time. That is your justification for being like, for supporting The Bachelor no matter what his body count yes. is in this week of playoffs. That is Slucian protocol. That is praising the process. It is, and obviously we're going to see Susie try to go against that. And you can. Pruitt did it successfully. You have to do that carefully, though. And I, we'll get to Susie's play later. I think it wasn't as careful as it could have been. But that is the idea of fantasy suites. It's, can you accept that he might be, in quotes, intimate with all of you? Can you not, or can you use that piece of the game to your advantage in some way, either by being wholeheartedly in support of it or wholeheartedly against it? They then meet up for the night portion of this fantasy suite date, and it looks for a second, I think they're at an observatory of some sort, but it looks like they're between two great grain bins, and I half expected... Raven's cop brother to to show up and try to arrest them. (laughs) (laughs) Arrest them in Iceland. I hold no authority here. This is way out of my jurisdiction, but you're still under arrest. They're in this giant dome for dinner. It's exquisite. It's gorgeous. You've made it to this round of playoffs. You're getting a cool meal. Well, a cool fake meal. And Rachel gets into this conversation at dinner, and I thought this was going to be my play of the game. She tells Clayton... The way I feel I've never felt before, you continuously push me and telling you I was falling for you in Croatia. But during the rose ceremony, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't read you. I felt a heartbreak before it even happened when she was the last flower. And she says, I cried the entire time to the hotel after that because I don't, I didn't know where he was at. And I love that this is a heartbreak PTC about getting the last flower at the last rose ceremony. I thought it was exquisitely played and it extracts this love level three from Clayton right after this. Totally. She says, I didn't know where you were at. He then has to tell her where he's at. And we already know from his ITMs that he's planning on telling everybody that he loves them and all that. She doesn't exactly know that. And I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Heartbreak PTC about the relationship you're currently in is very hard to pull off convincingly. She does it incredibly here. I mean, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Deftly. It was beautiful. And she pulls that love level three out of Clayton. I have something weighing on me. Don't feel like I was able to be 100% transparent with your fam. I've come to terms with what I'm feeling. I wish I had told you earlier. But I'll just come out and say I'm falling in love with you. I am and I have been love level three. They get a little kiss. And then luckily, the food does not go to waste here. It serves as a very nice weight to hold the plate down under which the fantasy suite invitation is being held. So he lifts up the plate 
and he pulls the fucking card out. She reads it. It's from Jesse. Has all the sacred words in it. Should you choose to forgo your individual rooms, please use this key to stay in the fantasy suite. Been saying that literally since season one. She accepts the offer. They head out and she ITMs that they will be physically intimate. Really selling the idea of the consummation this season. And we're going to find out why mm-hmm. in the end, obviously, it, it has a, a huge part to play in Susie Evans' strategy and ultimately the results of that strategy. But they walk into this nice hotel room. They check it out, sit on a couch, feeding each other some dessert, some kissing. Back at the hotel, Susie and Gabby are forced into another <laughs> girl chat. They haven't left the fucking couch. It's just been there, in my mm-hmm. opinion, like 10 hours. They're forced to just like talk about this shit until it drives them insane. And Susie ITMs that... Sex is a huge boundary to cross if he wants to be with her. She's not making assumptions, but if Clayton thinks it's going to be her at the end, then has sex with another woman, she'd have a hard time moving forward. So we get this ultimatum not being played to him, but being played to us, the fourth audience. And this is then intercut with Ultimate Viking laying Rachel Reckett down on a bed and making out. And then portion four begins the next morning. I mean, the intercut of this is just, you know the producers kind of starting to vilify Clayton. A hundred percent. He doesn't know she's saying these ITMs. They're like, oh, sex is a big boundary to cross. You know, sleeping with another woman, it would be hard to move forward. And then they just show him like hoisting Rachel Reckia onto this bed, implied consummation. And... Right after this implied consummation, we see a few feathered animals, a.k.a. ducks. And these ducks, they're not just scattered about willy-nilly. They are in a perfect circle representing the consummation. And these ducks were my... Creature of the week. I have a soft spot for the all the critters that always represent consummation. Often it's bees pollinating a flower, or we'll see fountains exploding. These ducks were also my <laughs> creature of the week. Anytime you come back, this is portion four. It begins the next morning after the consummation. Usually they'll do birds and bees. That's a very common thing that they use in terms Mm -hmm. of creatures. Here we get two shots of various birds, then these ducks bathing themselves in the Icelandic waters, trying to rinse clean the filth that we have just witnessed from the Ultimate Vikings (laughs) chemistry play with Rachel Reckia. It took place the night before. I thought they were symbolic. I thought they were beautiful. I couldn't ask anything more from a creature. Thank you, ducks, for your service. Yes. Performing a circle ritual, praising, you know, savoring the suffering of Susie Evans. That they don't even know is coming yet. But right after the ritual, we then come back into the hotel room morning after, clothes on the couch shot here, a version of the clothes on the floor, a visual cue that indeed... They consummated this relationship. They are beating us over the fucking head with that. Because as yes. we know, the, that's going to be the whole crux of this show. Then we see scattered condoms everywhere. And it's like, whoa, we get it. Just kidding. We didn't see yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. You're watching a different version of the show. But Rekia tells him how incredible it is to wake up next to him. And he says it was so special, even though his shoulder was dead. So they have a charming little 
joking back and forth. And he ITMs that it was a near perfect night, felt like a dream. He'll say that later again. She recaps her season again to him, the long journey since stepping out of the limo. And now she's in Iceland in love with him. He ITMs a loaded LL4. Love level four. Was that her first level before? Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. I thought she'd already done it. I know. It was a throwaway line on the third portion of Fantasy wow. Suites. You don't see that often. But I think she did it. I think she did it off camera. I think you're right. And then he ITMs a love level four loading. He says he's scared because he's never been so open, but he has to follow his heart. His heart says he's in love with her. And then they make their little breakfast and she ITMs their relationships on a new level. Love level four, you may say. He forklifts her onto a kitchen counter. They kiss and she ITMs that intimacy is an important part of any relationship. And <laughs> yeah, it was a good night. That's all she has to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty intimate, if you know what I mean. Intimacy was had here. So they're they're very much making sure we know that because they're building to this uh, Susie Evans Pruitt-style strategy narrative. Then the ultimate Viking is walking away the next morning. She calls after him and says, hey, I love you. And he calls back, I love you too, Rachel. All the time. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> That's right. He makes, makes it known. But this is the first LL4 we've seen him deliver to mm -hmm. any player. And he might have given her the L the true first L4 might have happened at some point before this in the prior night or in the morning, but this is the first time we're seeing it. And then we see back at the hotel room, Susie telling Gabby she didn't sleep too well. She was up running <laughs> scenarios all night, strategizing, and they're still sitting in the same torture chamber, the same room. The producers are like, they can't, are they sleeping there? Are they living in this little couch room? They're, you, you actually can't see this, but they're, chained to that couch. It feels like it as Rachel Recky returns to the torture room and Susie asked her to tell them what the date was and she tells them they went in a pit and it was fun. Recky says she knows <laughs> it's very awkward and she's really sorry in advance. It's going to be tough for all of us and Susie ITMs that Recky has seemed to have clarity and seemed happy. She produces tears. She hasn't ever met someone like Clayton. Can we go back to this line? I'm really sorry in advance. What did you think of that line? Do you think that was just about the whole week or do you think it was like she thought she was picked? No, I think it's about the whole week. I took it to mean like, I'm sorry in advance mm. for like what I did last night. I know it's going to fuck things up for us. She's basically admitting to them subtly that they had sex, in my opinion. No, I definitely think that was an implication. Oh, for sure. That's what I took it to mean anyway. And Susie produces tears. Gabby then says she's going to go get ready. <laughs> so we don't see another date card produce, but we knew where this was going gonna go. We knew what the order would be as soon as we heard Susie say, I can't move forward if he's intimate with other people. We knew. The producers were like, <laughs> thank you for this information, Susie Evans. We will now proceed to destroy your life. We knew she was gonna go last. And we knew also that because Gabby and Rachel Recchio were both kind of openly saying they were going to be intimate with Clayton, that it would occur and so Susie would then have no choice but to be destroyed. And we now have seen that Clayton has admitted on a podcast with Caitlin Bristow, a.k.a. The Goat, that he was not allowed to choose the order. And the order of fantasy suites by the producers was my wowie moment of the week. Obviously, we knew it was coming. Yeah. We've seen this almost exact pattern play out before in season 24. But just to see it so in such plain view and to also hear Clayton's confirmation that he wanted it to be different and it wasn't 
It's a lot. And it was like, there's something about the way they did it this season that is like more sinister. It's more hands-on. It's like they are... The date card, bringing yeah. Dark Lord Palmer. And because it's a second iteration, because like we really saw the for the first time in season 24, putting them all in the same room, having the order play out in the way that it did with the final person not wanting him to have had sex with anybody, even though she told him that to some degree, you know, whatever. It was like a soft ultimatum. Mm -hmm. But in this one, it's like, I don't think they gave Susie the chance to tell him. Clearly, they didn't give him the chance to like talk to her before any of this shit went down. I think they purposely kept them apart. And this, it just felt like, I don't know if it's because the fourth audience is like better at discerning this shit now, far more aware of the construction of the show than they might've been during season 24. I know we certainly are. Mm. Or if it's like the producers really, their hand is getting heavier at this shit now. And it's coming across way worse, in my opinion, their their manipulation of the situation. But I think part of it is also we weren't really sure who Peter was going to pick between Madison right. Pruitt and Hannah Ann Sluss. And in this, we know that Susie is his number one. He admits that. He says he's the most in love with her. Yes. And the producers know. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past, Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash gameofroses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It Mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. 
Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know We sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. And they purposely destroyed this relationship. So if at any point you feel like this show is really about helping people find love, all you have to do is remember this episode of the show where producers took a relationship that would have been fine on its own and did everything in their power to destroy it at the highest level and were successful in doing so. Portion five <laughs> begins. <laughs> Gabby is on her fantasy suite. It's going to be an adventure ATV slash hot tub fantasy suite. And Gabby takes her car to meet the ultimate Viking. She exits the car and she's ITMing that she she hoped it was going to be a whale watching cruise of strawberries and champagne. But as she exits the car in a desolate area of Iceland, the, the ultimate yeah. Viking pulls up in this ATV. It's cold as fuck. And she laughs, kisses him. No hooju here. And he's like, we're going to go explore the beach in this dune buggy. And she's a good sport about it. She may actually even enjoy it. I don't know. D- despite it being the complete opposite of what she wanted. She's, she's such a natural, colorful narrator. The strawberries and champagne part. Hilarious. And then she is doing these fucking love metaphors that they all have to do. But she's like, I trust Clayton with my heart, but not with this buggy. It's like, uh endearing when she does it and we see country clayton comes out he speeds her along through the mud and then they go to a cafe and they discuss hometowns clayton is in i believe the largest orange turtleneck sweater that exists they just keep getting bigger (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like his frame just like it it's like an incredibles character You know? Yes, I do. I agree. Gabby says each week has exceeded her expectations, but she didn't have the expectation of being so scared. And Clayton says, we're all realizing how big it is. I'm fearful in my own ways. Gabby says, I know I could end up heartbroken, which is scary as hell. But if it's me at the end, I don't want it to be because you didn't explore your options. I'm ready. Unbelievable. Just like an implied acceptance of consummation, however many consummations. I want you to explore it all without every part of your body. And that's a great play to do here at the very end of the day portion. You're going to go into the night portion. He's going to have no guilt. He's going to not feel any Mm -hmm. type of way about what he's done the night before. 
and what he plans to do on the next fantasy suite, you're going in clean. That's a fantastic first audience play. Also a great third audience play because you're praising the process implicitly here. And Ultimate Viking yes. uh, ITM's a loaded love level three. At the end of portion five and portion six begins, we're in the night. Gabby meets him outside a small building. They kiss. They sit in front of their inedible meals. And she ITMs that she wants him to LL3 her back. And then he does just that. He talks about how nice it was to be open and communicate. And they talk about prior relationships, having put walls up. And he tells her that he's proud of her for opening up. And then he says when he heard the word love from her, he couldn't believe uh, his good fortune to receive that. And he's a lot, it's allowed him to get there as well because of her basically taking the first step. He stammers a little bit. And then he says, I realize that I'm falling in love with you, LL3. And she gets a big smile. We get a kiss. He once again lifts up the the food they can't eat. And there again is the fantasy sweet card under a fucking plate. It's just so, especially in this season. Where do you want it to be? <laughs> in his jacket pocket at the very fucking least, like under a plate of food they're not going to eat. They do so much to try and make this, especially at this point, the fantasy suites, to try and make it look big and beautiful. They're having them eat dinner in these incredible locations, these helicopter rides, all this mm -hmm. shit. And then it's like, but the invitation to have sex for the first time, just leave it under the fucking steak tartare he's not going to fucking eat. Like, why is it under the fucking plate? It's just such a lazy piece of producing. It should come in. A pigeon should fly in carrying it and drop it on the table. Yeah, an owl, Harry Potter style. An owl. <laughs> Have them go to some other location and it's sitting on a pedestal like the fucking roses were in the earlier season. It just always is like it's a fucking big record scratch in this moment where they're building everything up and it's like hmm. love level three, love level three. Hang on a minute. Let me move my mashed potatoes here. Uh, can you read this? It's just it's bad always. Nonetheless, she reads it, reads the sacred words, except they go out, get in a hot tub. They lay down. They're getting some kisses. She's ITMing about how their connections on a whole new level. By the way. Yeah. Can we just discuss for a moment Gabby's fantasy suite? It's in the that outdoor dome thing, yeah. you know? I loved that. I was like, that's the coolest one. A yurt, she calls it. Oh, the calling it a yurt is the biggest downplay I've ever heard in the universe. That was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, they, all of these I thought were like good locations for the fantasy suites. But back in the hotel, the producers have kicked Susie out of the... Uh, What'd she call it? The anxiety chamber or whatever the fucking... The panic attack room. Panic attack room. And they forced her to walk down the spiral staircase as they play Harry Potter music. And she is given a script that she ITMs about how she is spiraling emotionally. <laughs> the entire thing is pre-planned and stupid. I noticed the music. Nice. I said there's horror music playing as she descends oh. the stairs. I never noticed it, but they were hamming it up. Nice. I'm glad you heard it. And... Susie is crying in her ITM. I can't grasp the concept. For me, sex is connected with somebody. I don't really know what's happening. Continues the spiral. And we cut to Clayton. He has his hand on Gabby's ass. <laughs> Unreal. And then Susie gets in the last word of this portion back in the ITM. She values and cherishes him, but feels like it's ending. They keep doing this. They did it to him twice now. They have Susie saying he better not be having sex with anybody. And then they're cutting him doing foreplay with both Rekia and Wendy here. We begin portion seven. It's the next morning in our little geo hut. And we get the clothing shots on the floor, which means in case you didn't know, they did have sex. And then they're laying in bed and he makes fun of her for throwing off the covers. Another little playful pillow talk that morning. 
And they agree that falling asleep to the rain was great. She ITMs how special the night was. There's a kiss. He brings in champagne. Here, she finally gets her champagne and strawberries. Her ITM, she says, it didn't feel like the first time with someone new. It felt like the comfortability of home. Great ITM line. And she says, furthermore, she thinks it's going to work out. He cheers us to the effortlessness of falling in love with her. And he ITMs how easy it is with her. No pressure or stress. He tells her goodbye, some kisses. And then he ITMs that he's falling more in love with her with every moment. And then he does a little reprisal of the yelling back to Rachel Recchia that he did uh, just before the car leaves. He yells back at her, I am falling in love and it feels so good. You ever had anybody tell you that in that manner? <laughs> Not yet, but I will be implementing this to my life however I can. Yeah. It's so funny. I just want anybody to say anything to me like that. Hey, dude, want to come over and watch a movie? <laughs> I'll be there. What time, bro? Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Country Clado is in love and it feels so yeah. good. I'm the ultimate Viking. I'm going to do it next time I order food and my Postmates person is like getting back in their car. I'll be like, hey. Oh, God. Thanks for the delivery, man. Just as loud as I can. Don't, please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> we cut after this scream sesh back to the panic hotel room. And Rekia says, these mornings are so awkward. How are you doing? Susie says, I'm getting through it. And Gabby comes in. Gabby goes, you guys look cute. <laughs> it reminded me of Popeye season. I remember someone came back from their fantasy suite date and was like, you guys look tan. Yeah. We've been tanning. I think it was Sluice <laughs> said that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Gabby tells him we rode dune buggies on black sand beaches. I was scared because he's a maniac. So don't worry, we had sex because he almost killed me. We stayed in a yurt. It was small, but a huge bed, cute blankets. Felt pretty remote. And Susie says she's got bed head. Oof. And Gabby goes, this is always a mess. Is it okay? Oh, this moment, this bedhead moment. Unreal. That was a rough one. But oh. no one here is saying that he love leveled them. No one is saying that in this room. They're all very tight-lipped mm -hmm. about it. And the, the panic attack room is like, it's got to be incredibly hard to navigate that, to know what to say, because you do want to be honest with them. But also at that point, it's like, this is the playoffs. You shouldn't be honest with them. You should keep that information to yourself unless you're using it as hardcore strategy, which none of them seem to be. So it's possible he's fallen in love with someone else or been physically intimate. And Susie is ready to know that, but she's not getting any information here. So she goes in the hallway and anxiously ponders, knowing that her her next date is coming up. And we get an ITM to check in with where Clado's at. He says, everything felt like a dream. But I now realize I told two women love level three and I could feel that way with Susie now. A thousand percent. I'm going to absolutely shatter somebody. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I'm going to. I wanted to fall in love. I didn't want to fall in love with multiple people. He produces tears. And that line about it feeling like a dream with Gabby. He said that about Rachel Recchia as well. So he's got two dreams in a row. Will he be three for three? No. The third fantasy suite no. is a fucking nightmare. Portion eight begins. <laughs> it is the day portion. Fantasy suite three with Susie. 
Ultimate Vikings walking on a beach. He ITMs confusion because of so much LL3-ing going on. But he's excited because Susie's the first person he started to have LL feelings for. My notes for this fantasy suite are... It's just weird shorthand. Anyone who would read what I've written, it's like coded language. You would have no idea what it fucking means. Read it. He ITMs confusion. I just have started doing CONF. He ITMs conf BC... (laughs) So much LL3-ing. <laughs> anyway, Susie's getting ready as, as she's ITMing, being in a dark place and wanting to get to the bottom of everything. She knows it's possible he's falling in love with these other women, but she's not making any assumptions yet. She's just hoping for the best and that her anxiety is actually for no reason, just part of the panic attack room. She just wants to be comfortable and relax. We cut to off of her saying, I just want to be comfortable and hope I can relax. A hurricane outside. She comes out of her fucking car. She's trying to come up to him. And it looks like she wanted to hooju here. Maybe he even says when she gets up close to him, do the jump. And she says, do the jump, do the jump, Susie. No, she says, no, she says, I'll say again. No, she refuses. Not only a hooju opportunity, a hooju fucking request from the lead. If she wouldn't have done something later that was a bigger error. I felt bad. I was worried for you at this moment. I was like, Clues is going to be going through it when he sees this. Had to buy a new TV to finish the episode. Put a hole in the one I was watching. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Could have been one of the greatest hoojus of all time. Hoojuing against the wind. She could have... The windiest hooju. She could have put on a clinic about how you overcome obstacles, about how you overcome mm-hmm. the environment to produce a magnificent hooju. Instead, she doesn't do it. She says no. She refused the subsport. I'll never be able to forgive her. You know what she should have done? Hmm. A request for goggles. She should have said, I need something first. And then we cut to she's wearing goggles. She sprints through the hurricane towards him. She... She's like, I'm closing my eyes, but I'm going for it. Could have saved the whole episode. There's that play. There's also, okay, I'll do it, but let's switch places. So she has the wind at her back, gets the advantage of mm. that. And her fucking mount yeah. is like a 15-foot zip broad jump. <laughs> just a fucking, yeah, she just like jumps in the air and whoosh, flies into him. That would have been amazing. They both fall down the mountain. <laughs> Into a volcano. (laughs) Too much speed. Well, none of that happened, unfortunately. Uh, There was no hooju here. (laughs) Unfortunately, that was our dreams, but we experienced a living nightmare. (laughs) They then go into the Sky Lagoon, this hot springs in Iceland, and he ITMs that there's a process at the hot springs to rejuvenate. They are greeted by a host who tells them to have fun. This host... She's like, welcome to the hot springs. Let's, there's a ritual. We're going to go through the step. Actually, Clayton says that about the process of rejuvenation. She says, we're known for our geothermal waters. It's a nice spa. And this lady who absolutely tricks both Clayton and Susie as to the nature of this spa date was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. She knew. She knew what she was going to make them do. It was not a pleasant, chill in the nice hot springs date. It was a torture chamber, and I loved her trickery. That's what this entire date was. Tricks. Yeah. It's like when, you know what? It reminded me of Michelle Young's spa date, where it was Mm. like, oh, actually, you have to put oat milk on each other. Yep. 
eat butter or whatever. It was very similar to literally in this next part, they get in bathing suits and then they go into a room of cold mist. She ITMs hatred for the cold room. Then they run into a sauna, then outside in a cold plunge. Nick Vial did this with Vanessa Grimaldi, if you'll remember. They went outside, then into a hot tub, then outside into the snow, into a hot tub, back and forth. Then they give each other a body scrub and they get some kisses in the shower. They kiss against a steamy window. So we see at least the hint here that, oh, there is chemistry play at work. Despite Susie saying, you know, no sex with anybody else. It seems like she might be interested in that, in intimacy, in accepting the fantasy suite, at least from this shot. Then they're talking in the sauna. They discuss not having time to know what the other one is feeling for a minute. She says she feels some nervousness about what he might be feeling. And he tells her that he wants to make sure they're still where they were emotionally. We get a kiss. They go swimming in the hot springs as she ITMs feeling rejuvenated and happy. She can see starting a family and spending a life with him, she says. They kiss in this waterfall. They're both ITMing how perfect it was. And they picked up right where they left off. We see a bird flying overhead and the ultimate Viking ITMs that he will tell her he loves her that night. We get a final kiss to seal portion eight and portion nine begins. By the way, in this waterfall, they did do a little bit of a standing hoodoo. Mm. I'm just saying. So, as far as I'm concerned, Susie Evans never gets to touch the subsport again. The insult that she issued what? toward the subsport, <laughs> you're banned for life. As the commissioner of the subsport. Who else is the fucking commissioner of the subsport if not me? I will I will gladly take that title, and I think it's deservedly so at this point. I mean, certainly no one has analyzed the subsport as much as you have. No. Susie Evans is banned from the subsport for mm. life. Like Pete Rose was banned from baseball for betting on it for life. I'm banning Susie Evans oh from the subsport. Thank you. All right. I guess I'll consider it a forklift and not a hoot, standing hoot, too. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So portion nine begins. It is nighttime. It's the night portion of the final fantasy suite of our second round of playoffs here. These beautiful shots of the Aurora Borealis in Iceland. We get ultimate Viking oh lighting God. some candles next yes. to a plate of macaroons. He's putting some champagne on ice and he's staring into the fire as the ITMs. There is no doubt in his mind. This is the biggest night of the entire journey, putting that much weight on it. Susie gets ready as she's ITMing the ultimate Viking made her feel secure in her connection. And this could be the most incredible night of her life could move forward and start a future with him. She arrives, they kiss, they head into this building and he sets her down at the table with the inedible dinner and it all begins. She ITMs that she's not willing to compromise and needs to know where he is with these other players. He does a recap of the entire season, hits the biggest moment for him was during her knock-knock, the one-on-one the producer set up where they went to the top of the clock tower and it was one of the happiest moments he had in a long time. Since that point, he's thought about it a lot and... The more they spent time together and with family, he realized how serious things were getting and he realized that night he was also falling in love with her, LL3. And he's finally opening up and acknowledging how he feels. He's had his own walls up because of past pain. Since then, it's no longer a love level three. I am in love with you, LL4. And she goes, oh my gosh. And you know right there... <laughs> That she very likely, oh my gosh, don't quite give a real shit about this. In my opinion, that is the moment for me where I was like, ooh, she's a player. Not of the sub sport anymore, of course, but of the real sport, of the main game. That reaction to me was a, wow, I really did it. It was, what do I do now to pivot out of this? How do I get out of here? Because she is 
playing that angle, which we come to fucking see. God, it was beautiful. See, for me, that moment was when she refused to hooju. Mm. I was like, oh, she's no longer the I'm game for anything. Frolic through fields with you. I'm the dream woman. And she didn't even seem to like the cold plunge torture pool either. Usually players like laugh and laugh through that. That's true. Her further reaction is she says she appreciates him telling her and didn't expect him to tell her that. She says she adores him and thinks he's incredible, but there are things that she needs to know. Adore. Ugh, love level one. Yikes. <laughs> she's fucking pulling it back <laughs> to love level one. She's she's like meeting him. She's greeting him. She's like, hi, my name's Susie. He's like, what the fuck? Uh, she adores him and thinks he's incredible, but there are things that she needs to know because there's an engagement coming up in a week and there are some things that she can't compromise on. So she doesn't want to have this conversation, but she has expectations and she can't let go of it. And she asks if he feels the same way with anyone else that he feels with her or if he slept with another woman. Those would be deal breakers for her. So, and his mouth goes dry. He's, his tongue starts rolling around as he's trying to figure out what to do here. And we feel bad for him. But this is an interesting play. She says, if I'm sharing your love with somebody else, I don't think she would be comfortable moving forward. This post-facto emotional ultimatum was my play, 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 play of the game. This is brilliantly done. It's a play that I have, uh, we'll say, talked about before with people. <laughs> that you uh -huh. you tell the ultimate Viking or whoever the lead is, I don't care if you're intimate with other people. You let him do that. And then at this very moment, you say, that's all good with me. But were you emotionally involved? Have you fallen in love with other people? Because that I can't bear. And she played this perfectly. There's another piece to how she played it that I think was terrible. But this portion of it was fucking so beautifully done. Because you can do a post-facto emotional ultimatum. You can't do, in my opinion, a post-facto chemistry ultimatum. But this part of it was great play of the game. This post-facto ultimatum about boundaries that had not been expressed previously was also my play 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 of the game in the real world it's good to set boundaries before they happen in my opinion in general you know, especially in a situation where coming up against those boundaries might be entirely predictable, like that there's a set week of the game that is called Fantasy Suite, <laughs> where you're in some romantic location, but finally have no cameras on you, implied consummations year after year uh, since season one. But in this game, I feel like we've been watching her follow the style of Hannah Brown all season. But guess what? We never saw Hannah Brown get get this far. She was out in the round of six. She could be that goofy, lovable, like girl next door. Susie Evans, she's gotten she's she's in a situation. She realizes now that I guess I am the ring winner. 
And that's not going to work for my game. And I mean, this is my guess. My guess is that Susie was going for Bachelorette. I don't know. 100%. I, I don't know what what her real feelings are in this situation. This whole conversation is hacked to shit. I loved, by the way, uh, Dear Shandy's breakdown of this. Yes. I saw that clip of Charlene analyzing this and being like, it looks like there's a conversation cut out here where he accuses her of trying to be Bachelorette. That happens in the next in the next portion. Yes. But yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yes, that was my play of the game. And then Clayton reacts to it. He says, I understand the thought process and it's like a big thing for me, but I'm I'm shocked because you did say to explore relationships. And I thought when we talked about it and you said, I want you to explore yeah, because I don't want to be the default at the end of this. And he's like, so I want to answer your question. He's stammering through this whole thing. He's like, yes, I have slept with someone else here and I have expressed feelings to someone else of falling in love. And the second part of Susie's play here, or maybe it's even the same play. I guess I'm giving the same play, my play of the game and my... Error, 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 error of the game. It is the not having sex with other players post facto ultimatum that does not work here, in my opinion. And it's what allows him to do what happens in portion 10. It is what I think takes a little bit away from her victimization play because he even says, you told me to explore these relationships. And that's what I did. It takes away a lot of the steam. It takes away a lot of the positioning that she would have had as a victim, in my opinion. I have a different solution for this. And... This is going to be my error by omission. Susie, not including a line along the lines of, I thought I would be okay with it and that it was a boundary I was okay with, but when it actually has come down to it and experiencing this week, I feel differently, was my error, 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 error of the game. I feel like if just a little massaging would have made this seem like a much more realistic stance to come upon um, in a way that seems all of a sudden. We don't know if it's all of a sudden. We don't know if Susie was saying this all season long and they just cut it out until this week. I have no idea. I don't trust anything that we see in the document anymore. But I do think that 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 could have judged it a little bit. I absolutely agree with you. I think that that would have helped. And I, you know, it's, it's hard to say like what's going through her mind. Let's, I, mm-hmm. we, I want to get into portion 10 because that's where like the, the real fight happens and everything. But before we get there, you got to keep in mind, the producers did all of this on purpose to destroy Clayton Eckerd. I don't know if Susie Evans at this point has talked to producers and they've maybe even soft offered her the bachelorette, but Mm -hmm. going out in third place is statistically the best place you can go out to become crown. Eight other crowns have done that more than any other placement. So I believe she's aware of it. We've recommended strategies for it in our book. (laughs) I believe she's aware of it. And also it's to the point where he's saying love level four to her. She has to get the fuck out of there now. Or if she stays in, She's locked into winning the ring. She knows that. And so if you want a crown, you got to get out right here. And I think that's what she's trying to do. But portion 10 begins. She tells him, if you're in love with me, it doesn't make sense to sleep with someone else. He tries to lean in on the process. He didn't want to fall in love with multiple women. It just happened. But it's all different kinds of loves. And he promises her it's special with her. And by the way, this is the process. 
a lot of people have been saying like the producers didn't tell him to fall in love with all these women. They did. The producers always tell The Bachelor to be as open as possible and go wherever your feelings take you. Post-season 20, that's yes. a strategy producers use every season to try and get the lead to fall in love with multiple people because it ends in the most explosive destruction of people's psyches that they can possibly have. Yeah, they want everyone in love with everybody at the end. And it gives you good victim edits because then the, the player who gets crushed the most will be the biggest victim. She will be front in line for Bachelorette Crown. Yeah, we saw the first, well, not the first, but we saw a bachelorette position revoked from Kayla Quinn when JoJo got that heartbreak edit from Ben Higgins telling both her and Lauren Bushnell that he loved level four of them. Yeah, they, she was set up. Kayla Quinn, they had already shot promotional material with her as the next bachelorette. And then they revoked it. Yeah. They said, here, you're going to be our bachelorette. Why don't you fly out and we'll shoot some intro packages with you? Our first Asian bachelorette. And then they said, go fuck yourself. We don't care about you. Have a nice life. Well. No, they said that to her directly. Basically. There's footage. There's footage of it. I've seen it. <laughs> wow, that's an intense date card. <laughs> uh, Clayton says, I told myself I wouldn't fall in love with multiple women, but it's happened. But there's different feelings for different people. I promise it's very special. And Suzu says, I didn't go into this assuming it was me at the end, but I certainly thought if he hopes it's me, I hoped you would protect me in that. This is a thing that Nick Bial has talked about in his podcast about how he wanted to protect Vanessa by only sleeping with her. I know that's maybe cutting your experience short. I didn't want to ask you to do that, but I hoped that would have been your action. So she's kind of saying she hoped that he would have had these values. And he says everything was so very real and authentic. And I don't want you to give up and walk away to hear you that you can't continue is the worst thing I've ever heard. I am the most in love with you. I really felt that this could be it. And Susie says that makes it so much worse. She produces tears here. She didn't know how strongly he felt. She really didn't want to give him an ultimatum because she didn't want to cut his process short. And it's heartbreaking to her because she feels so strongly about him. And he's so incredible and been so wonderful. And he reassured her uh, that there are good men out there, but this is something very big to her and she can't get past these things. And then the ultimate Viking flounders. I feel like I did what I did and I know how important it was to you, but if I would have known it was a deal breaker, I would have done something differently. He does LL4 here and he hopes that what they have is something that's worth fighting for. She says she didn't want to have to share his heart or her love. And it feels like she needs someone who would have thought that through. Ultimate Viking tells her that relationships aren't easy. It's worth talking through and fighting for, he keeps saying. And uh, she says, I hear you, but I can't get through it. And she thinks that they have something special, but <laughs> she's so confused. She couldn't have imagined a scenario in which he would have slept with someone else. And it ends up meaning that they're at the end of this relationship. And he starts stammering, almost says that he was in love with the other players, but then he kind of reverses the uh, words he's using. And he's like, I was uh, having feelings of love with these other women. I was having feelings of love with these this person. I love he starts confusing the amount. And then... No, it was a very <laughs> nice sacred word sidestep, I thought. I, I applauded that. That's a hard situation to be in because he's blindsided by this obviously. And he says he had to see how the physical connection was with the other players because he had feelings of love for them. He finally comes clean and says that he slept with both of them. It makes zero sense to him that he has fallen in love with all three, but ultimately he is finding what he came here for. By the way, I love the slow play of like, I slept with one. Yeah. It was two. <laughs> and I was hoping it was going to be three. <laughs> she says she's been rationalizing all week 
how this could go, but not a single scenario in which he had sex with the other people that, that she could still move forward. And the ultimate Viking asked why she didn't tell him early on. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at 
uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Because she was making that crown play, though. Genius crown play, other than, I think, the chemistry part of it. Uh, as we know, going out in third place, still the best. And then she stands up and walks away saying, only I can't. You, UV is what I have in my notes. Ultimate Viking hangs his head in defeat. Susie cries to a producer outside. They zoom in on the uneaten food here, too. That's right. A meal left. Like, what a tragedy. She left the food as if they would have ever touched it. No consummation. The food mm. is unconsumed. And then the UV... The ultimate Viking storms off telling a producer that this is exactly what he was afraid of. He didn't believe in anything anymore. Everything he says is invalidated. This is an important line because they make it seem like he's talking about his relationship with Susie. I believe he's telling the producers the entire process is invalidated. That what this show is supposed to be about, helping me find love, is now invalidated because of what you, the producers, have fucking done. The order of the fantasy suites. He understands in this moment that they have fucked him purposely and completely. And that, I believe, is what he is saying is invalid. The show itself and invalidated by the producers. It's hard to know because all of this does feel very chopped up. Clayton is having an emotion, appears to be having a very strong emotional reaction. And then portion 11 begins. Ultimate Viking is stomping around outside in the night looking very angry. And someone comes to help him in his time of need. Arriving in a black cloak, shrouded in shadow, evil incarnate. It is the Dark Lord Palmer come to drink from the fountain of suffering that the producers have produced here for him. I couldn't believe they dragged this motherfucker out of his hotel or whatever. Or if he was just there waiting, he was ready to go for this, it seemed like. It did seem like he was ready to go. This felt very much like uh, it's Colton about to jump the fence. Like all of the tensions have risen from the whole season. It's dark. I was like, is Clayton going to run into the desolate wilderness at this point? And Clayton says, I'm blown away. Susie asked, if you slept with anyone else, I can't continue. If that was a deal breaker to you, why would you not tell me that? We cut back to Susie's tears. She's talking to a producer saying, I'm not willing to accept it. It feels so awful. I feel so shitty. And Clayton says, hopefully she comes back and is like, I thought about it. Let's talk it out. And Dark Lord Palmer offers so much, so much such healing words. I, I know you were in love with her. And he says, she just tore me apart, completely destroyed me. And he says, Dark Lord Palmer says, yeah, this is what you said you were afraid of the whole time. Like, isn't this weird to realize your greatest fears that you've ever had? Isn't that weird? I can't believe it. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> Wait, she was your number one? I can't believe you told these producers that was your greatest fear. And then it occurred. I just, I don't understand. 
So wait a minute, let me get this straight. You were in love with her. You told the producers that, and you said you hoped that it wouldn't end like this, and then it ended like this. I can't believe this happened. How did it happen? That's wild. Did you try to like have her as the first fantasy suite? Like, did you ever think about doing that? Well, when he says, "Why didn't she tell me this was a deal breaker to DLP?" In my head, I'm just like, he also had to have asked DLP, like, "Why did the producers do this to me?" He's Clayton is what he is, but he's not dumb. You know, he understands what's going on here. So after this apology from DLP, Evans comes back to get him. They go back inside and we get this end half of their conversation. She tells him she feels awful. Hearing his perspective has made it way harder. She admits she should have had that conversation with him about what sex means to her before any of this went down. No shit. She can't leave with him, but she doesn't know what to do. And Ultimate Viking gets a little mad about her not telling him earlier. Yeah. She says it was a silent test, basically, that he failed. And she says she feels like she fucked everything up. She literally says she doesn't know how she could have done it better. Uh, you could have, though. I mean, you're you're talking about it in terms of play there was a better play to make here i think and then the ultimate viking turns the tables on her and she says in his eyes she invalidated everything they had he brings up all the things she said and uses it against her strategy the parents saying how happy she was and how he was a good man and then she says you had sex with two women and he asked why she wouldn't have brought it up sooner he says he doesn't know who he's looking at right now. She's a different person than the one he knew, basically. And he says he thinks it's BS how she is dealing with this. He says they're done. He tells her that they uh, really did have love and he's sorry for raising his voice. And he tells her that anything you say anymore doesn't matter. I'm going to walk you out. I'm done. He walks in front of her 10 feet, maybe ahead of her. He's not like near her at all. And he walks straight to the car, opens the door and is just holding it open, super cold to her. And she apologizes mm -hmm. for causing any kind of pain promises it hasn't it has been real and genuine and she feels awful about it. it's all gone down tonight in in all the ways it has and he says that because of his faith first time we've seen a christian play from clayton eckard he thinks everything happens for a reason predeterminism god has a plan and he will move through this and find someone who will fight for him as much as he would have fought for them you're not that person i'm, I'm done. done turn the tables on her away in a, in a little bit of a way. And obviously everybody's feeling some type of way about this, about his reaction. Yeah. She gets in the car, by the way, no tears. I think at that point, she's wondering if she's done enough for crown or if the table turn might've been too much to, it kind of like tainted her victimization a little bit. Yeah. So this is the conversation that everyone is uh, fighting about on the internet now about what, like was Susie trying to be the bachelorette or was Clayton like too aggressive in this conversation and stuff. And like, he definitely like yells at her and he apologizes for yelling. And he, he now he, I watched a short clip where he's explaining this on off the vine. And he's saying that he like got in his head and thought that maybe she was playing him trying to be the next bachelorette. And it does appear like that is sort of the underlying tension of this scene that, he thinks that might be what she's doing because yeah. she's like turning it off so fast. And, and it's hard to know, like we don't know what her real intentions are at all. We don't know. I don't, I just don't believe anything that we see now. I don't think anyone is a demon or anything. Like I feel for all these people, they're probably getting a lot of hate in this situation on both sides. Yeah. Please. If you're listening to this, don't DM anyone with any like mean or nasty shit. Remember, these are players 
playing a professional sport. They're doing their best, or in some cases, you know, Susie didn't do her best in the sub sport. We've covered that, <laughs> but they're doing their best to play this game. And I think a lot of people attach like certain kind of like uh, moral attitudes or judgments on what we're seeing in the game. The first thing to always mm -hmm. remember is you're not seeing everything. I believe, as was said on Dear Shandy, that there probably was a whole conversation about her maybe being the bachelorette or acting or for the mm -hmm. wrong reasons, whatever. I think that probably did happen. That scene, I mean, just from an observer's standpoint, was cut to shit. Like, there's a lot of editing happening in that scene to make whatever we yeah. saw on TV. So we don't know what actually really happened. Do you think the reason for the editing is to protect Susie, to give her the Bachelorette edit? Yes, that is my belief. I believe mm -hmm. they want her to be the next Bachelorette. And this whole thing was meant to victimize her. And that was it. And it's like, yes, did Clayton raise his voice at her? Yes. Yeah, I. that's how it seems. He even apologized for it in the show itself. <sighs> They're definitely not protecting him. That is for sure. No, they destroyed this guy. I think they signed him up in the very beginning because they were like, we can tear this guy apart. And they did mm -hmm. just that. They were right in that, in that the, he didn't really yeah. know the game that well and was like probably trusted the producers. I know. I think about that. I'm like, did he watch it before? Like, no, he said he hasn't. I'm sure they were encouraging him to like treat each one as a separate relationship. Like go how you would if you were in any relationship, have sex, give your love levels. Cause he does like high, he is trying to seemingly protect them the whole time. He's only love level one people before this week. And then just, I don't know, there's a breaking point or something. And he's like, actually, I'm going to love level three, everyone and love level four. Yeah. You all get a love level. The producers are definitely encouraging him to love level four as many players as possible. And then in, instead of protecting the one relationship, the producers know that, that Susie is his first choice. They know that he's told them that in confidence a million times leading up to that point. Yeah. You're constantly giving your like preference order. Right. I'm pretty sure. And they know that she doesn't want him to have sex with anyone else. She has told them that multiple times. And so then they orchestrate the situation to make her go last. That's all purposely done by these producers to destroy this relationship. Again, the premise of the show is we're helping people find love. Well, two people have found it. And now you destroy it. That's the actual premise of the show is we make people fall in love so we can crush them. That's the real premise of the show. <laughs> and you saw it happen in the fantasy suits. What a tagline. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's what they do every season. They did it with Pilot Pete as well. And this is all very reminiscent of it. But yeah. that is how uh, this game ends with Susie getting in the car. Yeah, we leave. Clayton's sitting on his dump stump. <laughs> living out his biggest fears. Yeah, living out his biggest fears. And then we get the teaser next week on The Bachelor. Crazy drama begins. Gabby can't believe him. He's in a church. He's so broken. DLP says, literally, Clayton's hopes and dreams have blown up in his face. That's how they're teasing next week. Not Clayton finds love. It's his hopes and dreams have blown up in his face. And who lit the fuse on that bomb? The producers. His dad is telling him that he screwed the pooch. He tells the finalists about being love level four with both of them and that he was intimate with both of them. DLP says, welcome to the rose ceremony from hell. Not again. Watch Clayton find love. It's a rose ceremony from hell. This is how they are teasing it. 
No bachelor has ever done this before. He said, tears all around. And if you think you know what happens next, guess again. DLP does a little DLH here. I have, we see the shot of him. I have some news that I think is going to change everything for you. It's the truly shocking live season finale of The Bachelor. And I think that news might be that they're going to do a Pruitt on Susie Evans. That DLP is going to go to wherever the fuck she is and bring her back just like they did Pruitt. And then we see in the tag. I mean, they're absolutely going to try to force some one of these relationships to happen. They have to. You right? got it. They have to. Yes. And then you see in the tag, Gabby and Susie guess what the how deep our love could go date card means. And we get this funny moment of Gabby mispronouncing spelunking. Yeah, they are still giving Gabby these great moments that are like, I do think she would be the other one they would be looking at. But it was a good fantasy suite. Who was your MVP? Yeah. Wild episode. For her post-consummation boundaries slash expectations ultimatum for extracting the only love level four from the lead so far, her tear play, and getting the third audience to help her edit. And as well as trending all night, getting 60,000 Instagram followers, leaving it statistically the best route to the crown on the third place, going big. Susie Evans was my... M M M M V P Susie Evans was also my M M M M M V P She was the star of this episode for sure had the most mm -hmm. screen time. We got her ponder shots on the spiral staircase. They were giving her screen time even when she wasn't on these dates. When he was entering into foreplay with Rachel Reckia and Gabby Wendy, they're cutting back to Susie Evans and what she's saying or thinking. And of course, she made this giant play in the end. Will it be enough to get crown? I don't know. But so far, she's made the strongest play for it of anybody we've seen all season. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens with it. But a great fantasy suites. I know there's much turmoil in the fourth audience currently about Clayton's behavior and Susie's behavior and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is this is a professional sport, ladies and gentlemen, that has strong elements <laughs> of professional wrestling and showmanship, none of which is real. I am simply watching them play. And I think Susie Evans made a great play and a bad play in the same play, which is fascinating to me. I've never seen quite such a thing before, but, uh, it was a good fantasy suites, I thought. Totally fascinating to view this, like, evolution of the ultimatums. And I do think that this episode is going to be historic in the history of fantasy suite dates. And what is the treatment of fantasy suites? Do people need to state all of their boundaries beforehand or, or expectations? Is it immoral for someone to sleep with multiple people? The show go, seems to be going back and forth on that. And, you know, probably the most important thing to come out of this episode is that the subsport Hooju commissioner has now banned Susie Evans from ever performing a Hooju again because of her lack of... First lifetime ban. I mean, we've never seen that before. That's right. She's out. She'll <laughs> never perform a Hooju on these grounds again. Please have, have grace. Have grace for all the players. Whether their play is good or bad. Oh God. Grace for the <laughs> grace for the winter Hoojus that could have been. <laughs> I give no grace for that denied hooju. But thank you, everyone, for joining us for this breakdown of Fantasy Suites. We will be back, of course, next week 
in a similar fashion. No Twibbon next week mm-hmm. either. We're going to have a Tuesday episode that breaks down Monday night's episode, and then we're going to have a Friday episode that breaks down Tuesday nights after the final rose. Should be a doozy. We don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does, apparently. Not even DLP. And if you missed it, check out our Patreon episode. Digging, We did a Digging Deeper this week that came out on Monday, and it's a doozy, and I have a feeling that our next Digging Deeper is going to be even doozier. Maybe the dooziest based on some of these things that we're seeing, like Clayton saying that he didn't choose the order of fantasy suites. There's so much information coming in out now from Clayton, from all the like the whole podcast sphere right now that covers this game is turning out clip after clip that will be in our digging or next digging deeper, which is going to be in a week. But if you want those, patreon.com slash game of roses. And until next week, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,291 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 